Here we go. You are listening to Law and Gospel on this Monday, November the 15th in the year of our Lord 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And on Mondays, we attempt to look at lessons for the following Sunday, which just so happens to be the last Sunday of the church year, November the 21st, 2021. So we're looking forward to talking about that. And what are we going to talk about? Well, last Sunday of the church year, the gospel talks about when I say to you all, I say, awake. And, and talks about that. You do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or when the cock crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. So if you are a Christian, you are not to be asleep. Now, we'll wait a minute. Does that mean I never go to bed at night? Because when I go to bed, I go to sleep. Is that what it's talking about? Well, the word sleep has a number of meanings in the Bible. You have this one, and we're going to take a look at that. You also talk about a sleep in Jesus, and those are those who have died, been married, I'm sorry, been buried, and they're not really awake anymore. Jesus refers to them as being asleep because they're still living. If you are a Christian and you have died, guess what? Your spirit is in heaven with Jesus awaiting the resurrection of your body. So you aren't dead, as Jesus said to Martha when he came to check out Lazarus who had died, that those who believe in me will never die. And that's absolutely correct. Because death is for those who go to hell, and they are separate from God, not for those who go to heaven and are with Jesus. So we're wondering about how do we stay not asleep? That's the point we're going to be making. So let's take a look at the Holy Gospel from Mark 13 for this Sunday, verses 24 to 37. Jesus said, In those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the power in the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. This obviously is talking about the last day, the day of judgment. And so there are no doubt, no signs that say on, let's say, June the 14th, 2022, the last day of judgment will come. No, God doesn't give us when he is going to come. In fact, in last week's lesson, 
Jesus was talking to the disciples who remarked, look how beautiful are the stones and the way that the temple has been built. And Jesus says, no, soon not one stone will be left upon another. He's talking about the destruction of the temple in AD 70, when the Romans were fed up with the Jewish rebellion, came in, into Jerusalem, and destroyed the temple. And the disciples asked him, when is this going to occur? And Jesus said, no, beware of those who say that they are me, because they will lead many in a false direction. Jesus gives no answer to the occasion when this will occur. And I'm not so sure even you would want an answer to the question, on what day am I going to die? I could die today, no doubt about it. We had a pastor in our circuit. He had just taken a call to a church in Beardstown, Illinois, not far from some of the four churches that I'm helping with. And they had been looking for a pastor for over a year. He finally came this summer from the seminary, was installed in June, and two weeks ago, we prayed for him because he had come down with the virus, and one of his members was in a congregation that I was preaching to, and they asked for a prayer for the pastor. We prayed for him, and that had occurred around 7 o'clock that night. Unbeknownst to us, he had died at 3 in the afternoon. Now, can you imagine that? A brand-new pastor to a congregation that was really looking forward to having a pastor, and got one, and he died. Why would God do that? Well, the sermon gave some answers, but gave particular comfort to the people, the wife, the children, and members of the congregation. And so they're now going to be attempting to call another pastor. But can you imagine if you knew the day you were going to die? I, I'm not sure I would want to know that because... Right now, I'm making all kinds of plans for continuing on AMA 50 KFUO, continuing to help with the four congregations in Southern Illinois. I've just finished writing two books, and I'm in the process of writing two other ones. I've got a lot, I think, that is on my plate. But if God so desires, I will die tonight. I hope I will stay alive for... 15 or 20 years, I often pray the prayer that Hezekiah said, give me more years. There's no indication that I could die. I don't have a disease from which I would die. I see doctors pretty regularly, have checkups. Things are working pretty good. But who knows? My dad was riding in the car with my mother driving it, he always liked that. He would read a newspaper while she drove. And they were on their way to a wedding. And all of a sudden, he took a deep breath. And 
he was gone. Wow, that's a way to die. No lengthy pain, etc. But of course, we were most sad, but we do not weep as those who had no hope because we know he is in heaven with Jesus right now. So, Jesus doesn't tell us when that last day is coming, but he warns us and gives us signs. And there are plenty of signs that he has given us. He talks about that in verse 28 of Mark 13. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Now, there is a lot that Jesus talks about that need to take place yet. He says, the poor you will always have with you. You're going to have wars and rumors of wars. He even talks about earthquakes that will continue to occur. Therefore, you, you just wonder what these people are doing uh, overseas right now in a conference about global warming. Do they really think they're going to be able to stop these signs that Jesus is talking about? Each time I see a movie about the destruction of the earth, they always try and blame it on man because there's too much smoke in the air from factories, from cars, etc. And then they do something that clears up the air and everybody lives happily ever after. No, that's not going to happen on earth. Earth is the abode of Satan, and there's no way that he is going to permit things to work out really well. That's just his character. He likes to destroy, and particularly does he like to destroy your faith. So the fig tree is an example that when you see leaves, you know that summer is near. Now, a fig tree is interesting because it brings forth fruit two times a year. In the winter, the fruit is unedible, but in the summer, it's very good. Remember that occasion when Jesus was going by a fig tree and it had leaves on it, but it wasn't yet time for the fruit. He cursed it. Why did he curse it? Because it didn't have fruit. And the gospel writer says, whoa, it wasn't time for the fruit. Why is Jesus doing that? Well, he was doing that kind of as a parable about what was going to happen to the temple. The disciples really enjoyed looking at the temple. It was so beautifully restored by Herod, not to the level of Solomon, but at least it was beautiful to look at but it had no fruit because the people in it had turned the temple from a place of prayer into a place of robbers. In fact, 
Jesus uses the same word about those who are working in the temple that he uses when the two thieves are described on the cross with Jesus, that they are criminals, murderers, etc. And that's what was happening in the temple. They, they went so far as to take away the place where the Gentiles worship and put in its place their tables where they exchanged money, sold animals, and gave the impression that if you do these sacrifices, you will be saved. We've spoken about how sacrifices save no one. That's what the Bible says in Hebrews. It was last week's sermon. Then why do sacrifices? Because they mirror your faith that the Messiah is coming, the one that was promised to Adam and Eve, to Abraham, to David, to Solomon, to the prophets of the Old Testament, who would come from the seed of a woman named Eve, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, and he will become a human being. And who is he? He's Jesus, the Son of God. And he became a human being so that he could suffer and pay the one penalty that was needed. And that was the penalty on the cross. Therefore, when he died, he had paid for all sins. So it's really a waste of time for you to do a good work with the purpose of trying to get to heaven. There's no good work you can ever do that will get you to heaven. But instead, the good work of Jesus opens heaven to you, that through faith in the promises of the gospel, you too can be saved. So that's what we learned from the fig tree. There's a time when summer is coming. In fact, on our trips to Illinois, we go by an apple orchard. And it was very interesting during the whole year, there were many, many, many trees. And they started blooming, and then they had these apples on them. And well, Sunday when we went by them, they were really drooping. Leaves were falling off. So you could tell just by looking at that apple tree when it was spring, when it was summer, and when the fall and the winter is coming because they no longer bear fruit. Jesus is saying, look at the signs. At any time, the Lord can return. And these signs are not something that are going to occur in the future. Look at verse 30, Mark 13. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. In other words, the signs are occurring during the time of Jesus. And you wonder, well, wait a minute. What does this mean that the sun will be darkened? The moon will not give its light. The stars will be falling from heaven. The powers in the heavens will be shaken. Well, that's an example 
of what happened when Jesus was on the cross. Even the temple curtain tore and God left the temple never to return to it so that no longer was the temple a holy place, but it was cursed like the fig tree for it did not bring forth proper fruit. So going on to verse 32, concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. So there's a beautiful verse when you run into denominations that say, well, the end of the world is going to be coming on June the 22nd, 2022. Ignore them. In fact, that will probably be the only day when Jesus will not return because people are expecting him. So he's going to return as a thief in the night when least expected, when nobody knows that he's coming. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. Now, what Jesus does in his preaching is something that I really like doing, and that is giving analogies, giving comparisons. He, he just did that with, well, there are signs that the end of the world is coming, much like the signs of a fig tree. When the leaves come on, you know it's the summer. Well, he gives another one here. He says, it is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or when the cock crows or in the morning lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Okay, so what is he talking about with this not going to sleep, staying awake? Once more, this is kind of an analogy. It's not that he's saying, be aware that you not be lying in bed asleep. No, he's not talking about that. He's talking about that you're in a condition when you're not aware that he could come back at any moment. So how do we understand how to stay awake? It's very interesting that another reading for this day is from Jude verses 20 to 25. And the very first part is an indication of what it means to stay awake and not fall asleep. Verse 20, but you beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Now, why are we waiting for mercy? Because we deserve eternal and temporal punishment. But mercy means that God will not give us what we deserve. And so when he returns, guess what? We'll be in heaven. 
and we will not be held accountable for our sins. That's what it means to be forgiven. In fact, Jude 24 makes it very clear. How are you kept from sleeping or stumbling? Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. So to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory. The point that Jude is making is you don't want to be asleep. You want to stay awake. And he's giving you a recipe for doing that, to build yourself up in your most holy faith. How do you build yourself up in your whole, in the most holy faith? By attending divine worship. I've often said the two most important decisions you ever make in your life are the following. Number one, who you will marry, because that's lifelong. Number two, what church will you join, because that makes a difference as to whether you're hearing the word of God or the word of man alone. To build yourself up in your most holy faith means to be a regular attender at divine worship because God speaks to you through the worship service, the liturgy, the hymns, the sermon, the sacraments of baptism, and the Holy Spirit. You get really to love God and to know that he keeps his promises. He's the one who is enabled to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of the glory of Jesus Christ with great joy. See, this is why you don't have to do good works in order to be saved, because you are right now blameless. Now, I didn't say you shouldn't be doing good works. No, good works are necessary because they're the evidence to God that you have true faith. So when you do good works, you don't have to have the motivation, oh, I better do this good work so God will like me, maybe he'll love me, and maybe he'll save me. No, that would be a sin to do a good work with those goals in mind. Instead, you just do what comes naturally to you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that means doing all kinds of good works for Jesus Christ because of your love for him, not because you want to get something from him because you already have everything from him, eternal life, great joy, and the peace that passes all our understanding. So you're going to be hearing a lot on this last Sunday of the church year about staying awake, not falling asleep. That simply means to be involved with the holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, doing worship on a regular basis, reading your Bible at home, because through that, God will be moving towards you more and more 
and will be able to keep you from stumbling and present you blameless on the day of judgment. On tomorrow's Long Gospel with Mark Smith, we're going to be taking a look at a hymn that is talking about the coming of Jesus. You can tell that just from the title. Lo, he comes with clouds descending. So it's not the clouds that are descending. It's Jesus who is descending through the clouds in the same way that he arose through the clouds on the day that he went back to heaven. I'm Tom Baker. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod.